What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for the Wednesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We are getting closer and closer to Christmas, and we have three crazy stories for you. It's not the season, it's the headlines. They're this crazy, this close to Christmas. But while we are talking about the holidays, we want to let you know that we'll have our normal show today and tomorrow. And then starting on Friday, we'll begin our series on the year-end Three Martini Lunch Award. So we'll start on Friday, go all next week, and then our final installment will be on January 2nd. So uh, please uh, make a point of listening to those and hearing our choices for uh, best and worst in a whole lot of categories. Overrated, underrated, best idea, worst idea, and ultimately person of the year. So, Jim, first crazy story today stems back from the uh, recent midterm elections. And one of the pleasant surprises for the Republicans in a year that was overall somewhat disappointing was how well uh, the GOP did in U.S. House of Representatives races in the state of New York. Uh, One of those was in the 3rd Congressional District, which is out on Long Island. Uh, George Santos was the Republican candidate. Uh, He won the election. And now there's a lot of questions about whether anything he told the voters of New York's 3rd Congressional District is actually true. New York Times with the uh, original story here, uh, but uh, in this uh, story that I'm reading from NBC New York, NBC4, every aspect of Santos's life is now under the microscope following the New York Times report that he fabricated much of his political resume. In the run-up to the November election, Santos reportedly claimed to have attended New York University and graduated from Baruch College, quote, with a bachelor's degree in economics and finance. NBC New York received statements from both schools saying a search of academic records could not confirm his attendance or completion of graduation requirements. Professional work reportedly led Santos to Citigroup and Goldman Sachs, where he became a seasoned Wall Street financier and investor, according to his website. But neither company was able to confirm that he ever worked for either of them. Uh, And so you've got his uh, former Republican rivals, his uh, Democratic uh, opponents uh, saying this is unacceptable. People are calling on him to resign before he's even been sworn in. His only statement so far is to say that the report from The New York Times was a political attack. And so uh, he's playing the victim card here, Jim, saying uh, this is only happening because he's a gay Latino first generation American and a Republican who won a Biden district. I don't think that's going to fly. It is not. Uh, We should probably say George Santos, if that's his real name, (laughs) considering how everything else about him has turned out to not be true. Now, the funny thing is I'm thinking back to the revelation about our infamous former governor, Ralph Northam, and his yearbook photos, the either blackface or Klan photo, uh, his nickname being Coon Man, etc. And a lot of people said, oh, my goodness. This is absolute malpractice by the Ed Gillespie campaign. How did they not notice that the, you know, and I guess you could make that. It's a fair gripe, although maybe the question is, you know, 
what do you think you're going to find by going through your rival's yearbook photos? Well, in this case, obviously, there was something huge and consequential in it. Most of the time, you're probably not going to find everything. Uh, you know, if you want to give Republicans some gripe for not digging into Northam enough, I, I guess you can. But in this one, Robert Zimmerman is the Democrat, and, and Zimmerman's got just a ton of egg on his face. Zimmerman, by the way, claims that all of this information was out there, but the media just wasn't interested because they were paying too much attention to the gubernatorial race mm-hmm. uh, between Zeldin. And, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's the case, pal. Yeah, good job. Well, yeah, it's never his fault. <laughs> it's never my campaign could have done more. I could have done more. Um, I mean, really, you're, you lost this to the kid from Catch Me If You Can. Uh, and or, you know, what other great, you know, fame and hucksters and all that stuff. I suppose because this is Long Island, I should just insert some sort of great Gatsby uh, joke or pun here. Here is somebody who has reinvented themselves and created a new identity and that great American tradition. Who says there are no second acts in American life? Listeners will notice this actually broke yesterday, and I kind of wanted to give this story a day or two to see if Santos, or whatever his name is, had some decent explanation. Maybe he went by a different name back then, or maybe let's give this guy some chance to explain these discrepancies. It sounds like at least in the first 24 hours, no, (laughs) there is no explanation for this. Should he resign? Well, I mean, remember, we had a guy who, uh, another New York congressman who continued to serve after being indicted. New Jersey has had mayors and other officials who have served uh, while under criminal indictments. So as bad as this is, this is kind of on the Democratic rival. This is kind of on the local and regional media. And this is kind of on the electorate. If you elect a guy who's made up everything about his background, you know, that's kind of on you. Your job is to sniff out this kind of stuff. We'll see. Let's see how he does as a congressman. I do think this is, you know, exceptionally dishonest. And I suppose they could take act against him. But it's kind of an interesting question. Greg, if we did this same kind of scrub of every resume of every candidate, we probably wouldn't find anything quite as bad as this. But do you think we might find other candidates have exaggerated their accomplishments in other areas? Embellishments, Jim. They're called embellishments. But in this case, That's right. it's okay. outright Exaggerations, fraud. you know. Yes. Stretching the truth. Yes, I managed that. You know, I was just sitting there at the table. No, nah, unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, would, I would consider this disqualifying. It certainly would have been during the campaign. The question is whether it's illegal. Uh, it might mean he has no chance of ever getting reelected, but I'm not sure that you could actually prosecute him on this. I could be wrong about that, but uh, I wonder if there's anything he did. He fill out any form under penalty of perjury, hmm. you know, for everything was true. My guess is no. Otherwise, that would be the first thing you'd start with. And so I don't, you know, the lesson here is buyer beware, voter beware, and you know, maybe every maybe every candidate with any significant responsibility should get a more thorough scrub when they come around saying, "Oh, did you know that I invented uh, cold fusion." well if you're the zimmerman campaign and you had a golden opportunity to expose this guy as a fraud or you're republicans who didn't vet your own candidate very well you might want to pound a few in response to that news but if you're just sitting back and you're thinking about the holidays and you've got all sorts of spiked eggnog laying around and and whatever other spirits uh might be lurking in your kitchen or your bar area uh be careful it's not good for your liver and your body needs a healthy liver but if your liver needs help we've got good news and that's called liver health formula Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals that are clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It helps restore your liver's detoxifying abilities, it boosts your energy levels, 
and it can kick your natural metabolism into a higher gear. You can try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you receive a free 30-day supply of nano-powered omega-3. Then you'll get four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health and longevity, regardless of age. Go to getliverhelp.com martini or call toll-free 800-282-1757 to claim your risk-free supply of Liver Health Formula and all five bonus gifts. That's getliverhelp.com dot com slash martini or call 800-282-1757. All right, Jim, on to crazy number two, and it certainly got a uh, dark cloud of bad over it as well. Uh, and that comes to us from Afghanistan. No surprise, but infuriating nonetheless. BBC version of the story. The Taliban have banned women from universities in Afghanistan, sparking international condemnation and despair among young people in the country. The higher education minister announced the regression on Tuesday, saying it would take immediate effect. The ban further restricts women's education since girls have already been excluded from secondary schools since the Taliban returned last year. Some women uh, tried to go to uh, college and uh, were rejected, and uh, they staged protests in Kabul on Wednesday. But uh, good news for the Afghan people, Jim. The international community is standing with them. And by standing with them, I mean uh, tersely worded statements that mean nothing. Uh, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, said this would, quote, come with consequences for the Taliban. Quote, the Taliban cannot expect to be a legitimate member of the international community until they respect the rights of all in Afghanistan. And that's basically identical language to what we saw from the Biden administration at the National Security Council spokesperson Adrian Watson uh, saying, as a result of this unacceptable stance to hold back half the population of Afghanistan, the Taliban will be further alienated from the international community and denied the legitimacy they desire. Jim, how much sleep do you think the Taliban get over <laughs> possibly being further alienated from the international community? You know, we would we would laugh if it wasn't so darn sad because I, I'm thinking back to the collapse of the Afghan government, the embarrassment to the U.S., the debacle for U.S. foreign policy and our interests. And I remember being reassured time and again by both President Biden and then the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki that, one, the U.S. was watching closely to what was happening in Afghanistan. And I guess maybe the oper operative word there is watching. It's <laughs> happening. Things are bad. They're really bad. But we're watching it happen. You know, I used to Obama used to do this rhetoric about we stand proud and silent witness to crime. Like, yeah, because you're standing by, not doing anything. You're you know, uh, you're you're aware of these terrible things happening. You just don't not not sufficiently motivated to do something about them. And the other thing I remember particularly from Saki was this repeated emphasis of we have considerable leverage over the pack uh, over the Taliban. We have a considerable ability to make you know, and I keep waiting. Where's it going to come? When are we going to see that? We keep reassuring us, oh, don't worry. We have ways to make sure the Taliban doesn't do things we don't want them to do. When is that going to kick in? When is that going to begin? When is it going to start? Because it hasn't happened yet. It's now been several years. You know, it, I think one of the things that, like, you know, this we talked about this at the time, and my suspicion is this will come up in our end of the year uh, selections. You know, this we, at the time, we knew this was a disaster for U.S., the U.S., the Afghan people, and our interests. And we kept hearing the administration, oh, no, no, this is a, in fact, a bun point button said this went as well as anyone could expect, suggesting that he's, you know, not just senile, he's also delusional. 
And here we are, years later. Everything has been vindicated by this. The only success you could point to is the killing of al-Zawahiri, which is good news. But it also is an observation that al-Qaeda is back in business. They moved into Kabul. It's it's now, you know, the bed and breakfast for al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups that it was before 9-11. And there's this question of what is the accountability for this administration? They made this a deliberate choice. These We are living with the consequences of this. And now, well... We're warning you, Taliban, you won't be considered respected members of the world community. They've never wanted that. How could you ever possibly believe that that was an important priority to them? So it's just mind boggling. And it's just this utter flat out denial. This is just flat out. This is the choice to be powerless. This is the choice to be weak. This is the choice to turn away from suffering on an unbelievably widespread scale and to consist. No, no, this is the best possible policy. And this is what's best for America. What is our leverage at this point? I mean, I, I realize they're not going to do anything about it even if we had leverage, but I don't understand what they think they could do if Afghanistan and the Taliban don't turn around right now and behave. Yeah, the, yeah, the gist was always, oh, we'll withhold, you know, uh, foreign aid funding. Are we giving and a ton of foreign aid not... to the Taliban? <laughs> I don't even yeah, know. right? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, we, we go. Stop killing people or we won't give you money. Well, guess what? They really like killing people. That's yeah. That's what motivates them. That's what gets them up in the morning. The idea of, oh, we're going to get less foreign aid next year in a country that's, you know, starvation, poverty, disease, earthquakes, uh, you know, everything possible. You could, you know, every problem, you know, this side of Haiti. Um, and, you know, they, they don't care. This, they're, they're the Taliban. They've never cared. And it's this bizarre mirroring, this bizarre belief that uh, at some point this is what the administration's policy is. And we just have to live through it. Yeah, it's it's utterly maddening. It's like Clark Griswold in the attic in Christmas vacation. He keeps stepping on the boards that smack him in the face. It's basically how the Biden administration uh, you know, works Afghan policy. They don't think like you do. What you think might be an incentive just isn't. After all this time, you still don't get it. It's just unbelievable. And even our top diplomat is just throwing out this garbage language thinking that that's going to make a difference, and it's not. All right, well, let's talk about some more good news, and that's Four Patriots, where you can find them at fourpatriots.com slash martini and find all the great deals, including getting a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. As we always say with Four Patriots, you need to be prepared because you just don't know when the power is going to go out. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X worth its weight in gold because it has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run all the big appliances like your fridge, your freezer, and medical devices. Comes with 12 outlets, including four AC, plus two USB-C outlets that can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Never needs gas, thanks to that solar panel. Fume-free, silent, and safe. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Visit 4Patriots.com martini to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X with the free solar panel included. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4Patriots.com martini. That's 4Patriots.com martini. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. On to our crazy martini now, Jim. And this one's uh, back at home. You know, you think of prestigious universities, particularly out west, Stanford comes to mind, but it might not be there at the end of our discussion here over the next few minutes. I would say this list is crazy, stupid, insane, all words that we're not allowed to say anymore, according to uh, the people at uh, Stanford University, who have come up with their list of what they call harmful language, and they've actually put together an elimination of harmful language initiative. And so things that we're not supposed to say anymore include uh, blind study, because that would uh, offend uh, people who can't see. We can't say committed suicide anymore for some reason. Insane, you can't say, you know, like a, like a bored teenager, that's so lame, can't do that anymore. Can't say somebody's tone deaf, because that's ableist. Uh, you can't call somebody chief. Because uh, that, of course, is insulting to uh, Native Americans. Uh, but for people who have a tough time remembering other people's names, that's going to be a that's going to be a big problem. Uh, then you get to the uh, gendered language. Freshman is out, and the reason lumps a group of students using masculine language and or into gender binary groups that don't include everyone. Can't say, hey guys, let's go over there. Nope, nope, nope. This term reinforces male-dominated language. How about ladies? No, got to use everyone because ladies lumps a group of people using gender binary language that doesn't include everyone. And it goes on and on. Landlord and landlady. Nope. Same reason. Mankind. Same reason. And the one that's got everybody howling, Jim, is American. We can't use American anymore. And the reason for that is because there's uh, allegedly 42 countries in the Americas. And to use American to refer to somebody from the United States uh, is superior type of uh, thinking. And therefore, it's uh, implying that we're the best out of the 42 which, of course, we are. But uh, apparently, uh, we can't do that anymore. So that's the one that's getting the most blowback, I would say, today. But this whole thing is just an exercise in trying to control speech and therefore control thinking. So, Greg, I was thinking about the context of are there times when we do want to discourage the use of certain words or terms and you know find more suitable replacements? Obviously, this Stanford policy is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's trying to, you know, replace all kinds of really commonly used phrases in which no offense is intended. No, you you really have to bend over backwards to construe the use of these phrases as intentionally offensive or attempting to hurt someone's feelings or something like that. Um, And in fact, this is basically attempting to edit the entire English language uh, to meet the preferences of the most easily offended people on the planet. And that's ridiculous. You basically end up suppressing the normal you know, expression of views and you, know, you end up turning everything into uh, mundane exchanges and phrases end up becoming the, the source of giant fights and consternation and conflict and all that stuff. But I was thinking about the example, something I've tried to avoid, and I'm sure if you listen to this podcast long enough, you can find examples of me breaking my own rule. 
So a little while back, I read a good book on uh, Reverend Jim Jones, the lunatic who uh, ended up killing so many of his followers with poison stuff. And we use the common phrase, ah, you know, they're drinking the Kool-Aid on that. Now, most of the people who use that aren't meaning to intend to laugh at the victims of Jonestown. They probably don't, you know, they might have a vague familiarity with that story. It really has kind of receded into the into the past as this oddly dark chapter of American life where uh, somebody like Jim Jones, who was indisputably a maniac running the most, you know, among the most dangerous and self-destructive of cults, was just, you know, mingling with the power brokers of California, the likes of Dianne Feinstein and Jerry Brown and folks like that. He was he was accepted. He was considered this do-gooder. And then as increased suspicion got on them, he went down to Guyana and things took that exceptionally dark turn. Um, but, you know, you look at that and you're like, eh, you know, maybe we should. You, you, once you know about Jonestown, the phrase drinking the Kool-Aid just kind of sounds a little awkward and, and unpleasant to the ear. You're talking about mass suicide. Um, there are certain topics in life we just don't joke about so much or really shouldn't joke about at all. Uh, wounded war veterans, uh, you know, premature you know, people who die suddenly and tragically, uh, you know, the Holocaust. There are certain things that are just off limits for uh, the irreverence we might bring to other subjects. And I think, you know, Jonestown probably ranks up there and the phrase, you know, uh, you know, oh, they've been drinking the Kool-Aid probably ought to be retired seems a little tasteless but i'm not going to cause it you know a, a, i'm not going to file a suit over it i'm not going to you know you know turn this into the knockdown drag out fight of the century i just kind of think yeah you know you probably hey you ever hear about george jonestown yeah you probably should find some other phrase for that that seems like all that this would really necessarily require the, these don't even really qualify as you know microaggressions these are micro microaggressions and yet stanford wants to have an enacted policy for this this is that regulatory impulse that if we just set out the right laws we can eliminate all human conflict which is of course nonsense that is immunitizing the eschaton as william f buckley would say so stanford is kind of ridiculous here and you start thinking you know they they had this wonderful reputation but um other than the hoover institution out there are they as smart as they think they are i don't know I don't know. This is certainly not helping their reputation. I can tell you that. I mean, some of these words, I don't know how you'd get through a conversation, uh, a perfectly well-intentioned conversation without some of these words. It's just absolutely insane. But perhaps the fact that we're talking about it is what they really wanted. So I don't know if we actually helped them out with that a little bit or not. But uh, to, to expose the insanity uh, is certainly worth it. Uh, meanwhile, on the same note, real quick, the Biden administration, with your tax dollars, set to dole out more than five hundred and fifty grand in grants to develop an artificial intelligence model that can automatically detect and suppress microaggressions on social media. Uh, the award, funded through President Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, was granted to researchers at the University of Washington in March to develop technologies that could be used to protect online users from discriminatory language. The researchers have already received 132000 and expect total government funding to reach over 550000 over the next five years. The researchers are developing machine learning models that can analyze social media posts to detect implicit bias and microaggressions, commonly defined as slights that cause offense to members of marginalized groups. So, Jim, I'm sure that can't be abused in any way, shape, or form, but it's good to know that with um, all sorts of challenges facing our country, we're dumping half a million bucks on that. Uh, money well spent, you know. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. I, I was going to say, you don't. I think the more you try to police microaggressions, Greg, the more likely you are to provoke macroaggressions. Yes. Yes. I think you're probably right. But if you want to take a look at some more insane spending measures with your tax dollars, just take a look at the thread from Congressman Dan Bishop about what's in the omnibus bill that they're going to jam through here uh, either today or later this week. It's just insane. But uh, that's your government. So, Jim, have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already and tell a good friend about us as well. Uh, we thank you also for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep those coming. Also get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play 3 Martini Lunch Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Go get Jim's new book, Gathering Five Storms, and the accompanying short story, Saving the Devil. Have a great Wednesday and join us on Thursday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.